March 4th, 2001. March 4th, 2021. The popular re-elected president takes the oath of office. It's just part one of a busy day. After his re-election campaign ended, he will now be attending to the foreign policy of various parts of the nation. I'll be visiting New York, Chicago, and maybe even we'll take a trip down south. That said, he already has done a lot with the 24 years he has been president. Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton. to our Change the President series, the beginning of Season 2 of Imagine If. As I said last week, we will cover the alternate histories of five powerful names in presidential politics, all of whom were never elected president. Last week, we discovered the founder of the Federalist Party, face of the $10 bill, and namesake of the musical Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton. Today, we will go over Benjamin Franklin, the man who discovered electricity by flying a kite in the rain with a key. To any kids listening, do not try this at home. That is, do not fly a kite in the rain with a key attached to it. You will be struck by lightning. Next week, we will go over the longtime speaker of the House, Henry Clay, followed by Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of State, William Seward, Finally, to round off the series with former Arizona Senator and conservative firebrand, Barry Goldwater. Alright, before we get too deep into the details of this alternate history, um, I'm going to give Benjamin Franklin a little biography. Benjamin Franklin got his debut on Imagine If back in Season 3 when he was the King of Pennsylvania, and his kids started a war between themselves. And I thought my sibling rivalry was bad. Benjamin Franklin was born on January 17, 1706, in Boston. At 17, he ran away to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he did work as a librarian, newspaper editor, and was involved in the Freemasonry organization, of which Washington, Jackson, both President Roosevelt's, and ten other U.S. presidents were members of. He was also a scientist who studied everything from ocean currents to light theory. He was also on the committee that wrote the Declaration of Independence alongside Thomas Jefferson. He served as the first U.S. ambassador to France and later as the governor of Pennsylvania. He was seen only as second to Washington in popularity. So how, oh how, will Benjamin Franklin become president? The date is September 17th, 18. 1787, outside Philadelphia State House. The Constitutional Convention has just closed, and Benjamin Franklin is asked by a woman, What form of government is it that you have given us? Franklin replied, A republic, if you can keep it. Behind him, Washington, George Washington, the president of the convention, gags. He begins to cough up blood. Franklin and several other delegates rush over to the great generals. He continues hacking up blood, mucus, and other bodily fluids. Alexander Hamilton and James Madison attempt to assist the, 
the great. Benjamin Franklin comes in. He looks ill, Franklin says. I am rather ill, Washington says, through all the coughing. Franklin, Hamilton, Madison, and another nearby onlooker, George Mason, lift Washington onto an ox cart where he is taken to a hospital in Philadelphia. He dies on September 18th of what would later be called choking. The complicated ratification of the const- that complicated the ratification of the Constitution. With Washington dead, Hamilton and Frank Madison wrote the Federalist Papers in an attempt to convince Americans that Franklin would do just as good of a job as Commander in Chief as Washington. Franklin was elected president, and Alexander was elected his vice president. Franklin began his administration with a basic setup that would be undeniably necessary. He appointed Thomas Jefferson Secretary of State, John Adams Secretary of the Treasury, John Jay Attorney General, and Henry Knox Secretary of the Military and Internal Affairs. This basic cabinet would come, would structure would serve the needs of government in the United States for a long time to come. Franklin and Hamilton did not agree on many issues. One of those happened to be banking. Franklin supported a federally issued currency with state banks. Hamilton supported a national bank independent from the U.S. government, a central bank. Franklin was very strict on following the Constitution. He limited the power of the Supreme Court to where they could rule if Congress or the President violated the Constitution or if a state did, and that was all. This further strained the relationship between Franklin and Hamilton because Hamilton supported a concept known as judicial review, where the Supreme Court could basically nullify any law at will. The final strain came in the relationship between Hamilton and Franklin when war between France and Britain broke out. France had been in a civil war for decades, and Hamilton had pleaded and begged that the U.S. stay out of the war. Franklin, however, supported upholding an alliance with France. The U.S. entered the war assisting France. However, France would lose to Europe, so Britain came full-throated at the United States. Britain invaded from Canada. In 1794, the Treaty of Boston was signed, and the Northwest Territory and Maine were given to the British. This caused a great animosity in the United States. The Federalists wanted vengeance against the British, while the South wanted to expand the United States while staying at peace with Britain. This would lead to the 1796 election, where Alexander Hamilton, now the president after a, after Franklin's surprise sudden death, would face off against Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson. Hamilton won a sweeping victory over Jefferson, unfortunately, but Jefferson and the South refused to go to war with Britain a third time. The South seceded and the newly minted President Hamilton had a crisis on his hands. Hamilton led an army from Philadelphia down to Richmond, where he got Virginia to surrender. This brought North Carolina back, who had only half-heartedly joined the revolt in the first place. A stalemate lasted until the 1800 election. Hamilton won re-election over Aaron Burr, winning every state he won in 1796. Burr won Virginia and North Carolina. South Carolina and Georgia did not participate in the election. Jefferson continued and brought the whole southern United States into his sphere. 
1802, the two sides met in Baltimore. The Potomac River would serve as the border between the northern United States and southern United States. They were separated forever. In 1804, Hamilton decided not to run for re-election. He probably wouldn't even be re-elected. John Adams, Hamilton's vice president, ran against Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr won the presidency. In the South, James Madison ran unopposed and won. Fast, um, the relationship between the two nations was strained. However, some thought that it could be fixed. Aaron Burr and James Madison met in Philadelphia to try and create an alliance. However, talks broke down over the subject of slavery. Aaron Burr and James Madison would both be re-elected. Although James Madison did step down after two terms, as was now the president in the southern United States, and James Monroe succeeded him, Aaron Burr was re-elected in every election up until 1828, when a war with Britain had finally brought down the previously popular president. Fast forward to today, the two nations still exist separately. The southern U.S. eventually conquered Cuba, Texas, and the Yucatan. The North did very little in terms of expansion. After the Burr-Madison peace talks, President Abraham Lincoln in the North and President John Bell in the South talked about reunification in, 18, in the 1860s. However, it never came into fruition.